series today, I'm going to jump right in called Just Show Up. Everyone say that with me. Just Show Up. There's a verse in Romans that says, how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? The idea is simply this, is someone has to show up. If people are going to hear the good news of Jesus, if the kingdom of God is going to be preached, someone has to show up and someone has to send them. There are the goers and there are the senders. And how many know we're both in the same category? Because we're all called to be goers and we're all called to be senders. So I want you just to close your eyes. Holy Spirit, we welcome you today. We thank you that you have a message for us this morning. I'm asking you, God, to give me favor with our people today. I'm asking you to give me favor and anointing to speak this message of truth so that we all will not just show up, but Lord, you'll use us to make a difference in our world. In Jesus' name, somebody shout amen. amen. What I want to do today is I want to take a minute and I want to tell you the story of Nehemiah. Nehemiah was someone who showed up. And uh, when he showed up, he, he made a difference. The, the people of God, God told them when they went into the promised land that if they obeyed his laws and and fulfilled his promises that God would bless them. But if they didn't do that, they would be scattered in captivity. They would be taken as slaves into other countries. But God said, after 70 years, I'm going to bring you back. And so the story of Nehemiah is a story of how that when God began to bring them back, Nehemiah showed up in Jerusalem and he rebuilt the walls of the city and God used it to bless his people. How many want to walk in God's blessing? Amen. So I want you to take notes today, and I want to give you point number one. Thank you very much. The keyboard player didn't look great back there. That's my son, Tanner. He's got the little beard going on. And, all right. All right. Love you, son. You're a good man of God. Thank you. All right. I'm going to hear about that when I get home. Point number one, if you're taking notes, those of you joining us online, is simply this. If we're going to be people who show up, point number one is you show up with your questions. Show up with your questions. I want to take the story now of Nehemiah and I want to show you some of these principles that we find in this story. It's found in Nehemiah chapter 1. In late autumn, I was at the fortress of Susa. This is Nehemiah speaking. Hanani, one of my brothers, came to me to visit me with some other men who had just arrived from Judah. Judah was the place where the people of God had come back from captivity. They were in Jerusalem. So these men had come from this area They'd come back from captivity, and then it says that Nehemiah did something. He said, I asked them about the Jews who had returned from their captivity and about how things were going in Jerusalem. And they said to me, things are not going well for those who return to the province of Judah. They're in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down, and the gates have been destroyed by fire. You see, it's interesting because God uses Nehemiah in this amazing way to to basically go back to Jerusalem and rebuild the walls of the city. The enemy was coming in and destroying the city because there are no walls to protect the city. God uses this man, Nehemiah, in an amazing way. He's not a preacher. He's not someone that you would say is called necessary to ministry. You know what he was? He was the butler. He was the, the, the person who tasted the food for the king to make sure it wasn't poisoned. And he would bring the food to the king, and the the king trusted him. And it was in this setting that 
his friends, his family show up, and the first thing he does, because listen, he showed up. He changed a nation. And if you and I are going to show up, we're going to read this, this passage because it's going to teach us how we can show up. How many want to show up when it comes to God's kingdom? So how did he show up? He asked a question. Now, let me just stop and say, how many know that we live in a world where people don't talk to each other anymore? Come on, just go to the doctor's office. No one will say a word. All they do is stare at their phone, right? They're playing a game. They're on social media. How many remember back in the day when we actually used to say a thing? Remember this? This is a long time ago. We used to say things like, hi. (laughs) Come on, remember that? And you'd go on and you'd start with hi and they'd be like, how are you? And you'd be like, fine. Anybody ever have one of those awkward moments where someone asks you a question or they start to engage with you and you say the wrong thing because you think you know what they're going to say? Come on, have you ever had anybody that said, Norm, you're used to them saying hi and you say hi or them saying, how are you? And so um, have you ever had someone look at you and you kind of say hi and they say hi and when they start to say hi, you think they're going to say, how are you? And you say, fine. Anybody ever had, had that happen? And then afterwards, you're like, that was awkward. I, I was thinking about it, you know, I, I think people want to talk. They want to, in fact, let me just say it this way. I know what your favorite topic is. Every, everybody in this room, I know exactly what your favorite topic is. You ready? You want to know what it is? You. Come on, just get with someone who's a grandparent and what do they do? They, you start to tell them about your kids or what you're doing, and they can't wait till you get done so they can pull out their phone and talk about their grandkids because they want to talk about them. That's why social media is so popular, right? Because everybody gets to talk about you. You get to post pictures of what you're eating. I am sick and tired of seeing your food. Okay, come on. I'm just saying it. You get to post pictures of what you're eating. You get to post pictures of what the sky looks like. I almost did it this morning. There was an amazing rainbow right over here in Castaic. How many saw the rainbow? Only a couple of you. It was amazing. We all want to talk about ourselves, but if we're not careful, we become eye-centric. And if you're eye-centric, you don't understand the kingdom of God. Because if you're going to be used in the kingdom of God, you have to show up and ask questions. In other words, where you really sit down and say, how are you? Because that's what happened with Nehemiah. When they got there, Nehemiah didn't say, hey, guys, you got to see this palace that I'm working in. Man, check it out. Let me show you what the king has thrown out. He didn't do that. He started off, and here's what he said. Hey, what's going on? How are you? And you realize that that began to trigger events, started a chain of reaction that changed a nation because you show up with your questions. I'll give you a story that happened to me yesterday. And now let me just uh, give you a little prerequisite to this story. I am not telling this story in any way to try to make myself look good, to make my wife, Devet, look good. This is not to, to, to try to you know, show, look how great we are or how generous we are. It's not for that reason at all. But it just fits so perfectly in this message. I asked the people if I could share it today because it's a beautiful example of how you can show up by just simply asking a question. It was was this week, I had someone that was coming to the house and they got there and when they were there, we started kind of to to talk and do some stuff that had to take place at that moment. And, And I'll never forget, as I was in the kitchen and we were getting ready to go do this certain thing, Something inside of me, and I really feel like it was the Holy Spirit, started stirring me to, and it basically said this, Jared, you need to see how they're doing. 
That's what it was. So as we were walking outside to take care of something, I looked at them and I said, hey man, how are you? And guess what they said? Fine. How many, no, we, we, we get asked, how are you? And what's our, re- our answer? Fine. So I'm like, okay, cool. And so then we went on and about 30 minutes later, the person was leaving and as they were about to walk out the door, um, they stopped and they looked at me and they said, pastor, I have to tell you something. I'm like, sure, what's going on? They're like, I lied to you 30 minutes ago because I told you I was fine and I'm not fine. I'm like, well, what's going on, man? What's happening? And they started telling me there's some things that had taken place and they were going through all of these uh, situations of struggle and trial. And um, I mean, it was, and then one of the issues that came up is that there was some financial stuff and they were struggling with the issues of car and didn't have a vehicle. And and as they began to talk about the story, you know, they're kind of that mindset of, you know, pray for me. and, 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 And as soon as they spoke those words, God spoke to me and said, give them your car. And so, I, I said, hey, thank you so much. You know, we did our thing. And I'm like, I'll talk to you later. And I let him go. <laughs> giving him the car. But there was a reason for it. It wasn't because I didn't want to do it. Although, how many of you have ever had God tell you to do something and you're like, I don't know if that was God. That had to be the burrito I had for lunch last, yesterday. And as soon as they left, the first thing I did is I ran into the other room and I found my wife and I said, Devette. I feel like God, I told him the story. I said, God spoke to me. We're supposed to give him a car. Now, let me explain. It's not my car. It was my, my son's car, which we had, I'd given my son my car, that I, uh, my old car. And so we had this other vehicle, and we were going to sell it and take the money, put it in the bank, because when the time comes for my youngest son, Hudson, to get his car, I'd have money in the bank to get his car and, and help him with that. And so that was the plan. But I said, babe, I, I feel like God's told us we're supposed to give them our car. And before I could even get the words out of my mouth, she says, oh yeah, absolutely, let's do it. Now my wife, if you've ever met her, she's one of the most generous people you'll ever meet. She'll give the bag off of her shoulder to you. She'll give the jacket that she's wearing to you. She's just a generous person. That's why I usually try to make those decisions more often than than she does, because not really, I'm just teasing. She says, yes, let's do it. So I picked up the phone and I called. And as I called, the person answered. And I said, hey, listen, can you come back to the house? I want to show you something. The Lord just spoke to me. I want to give you a car. And man, the person I could tell started tearing up and, and had, was kind of crying. Like, I can't believe this. This is amazing. And it was awesome to, to see what God did, how he met the need of a family simply because someone showed up and asked a question. The point I want to make this morning is, are you walking into your job? Are you going where you go? It could be on the field. It could be in a classroom. You could be showing up where you are. But what you don't realize is that God has put you where you are for a purpose, that you're not there by accident. And what he's wanting you to be is to be present in the moment and show up. Because what I like in the story is that Nehemiah, he didn't just see his family, show him where he lived, and had a little, you know, time together. He was present, he was sensitive. And, and let me just say it this way, he realized that sometimes you have to put yourself in a position for God to use you. I think what God's saying, if we're going to show up, is we have to put ourselves in a position for God to use us. 
And if we don't have a heart that says, how are you, that cares, that's what I love about Nehemiah. Nehemiah, he asked a question, but there was something underneath the question. He wasn't just asking, how is Jerusalem? What he was really saying, he wasn't just saying, hey, how are you guys? He was saying, listen, I want to know about you, but I want to know about you and God's kingdom and how they work together. I want to know what's happening, not just on this worldly level. I want to think about your life in connection to eternity, in God's plan. What would happen if you and I lived our lives where we would show up on the job, we would show up wherever it is in life, and we would see people and we would care enough about people that we would ask questions in a way that related to their future, not just in the natural, but in the eternal, in the supernatural. See, what we learn in this story is that we need to show up with our questions. Y'all with me? Say amen. Let's go to point number two. Write this down. You know how else we can show up? You can show up with your prayers. You can show up with your prayers. The the, the scripture goes on to say in Nehemiah, when I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned, fasted, and what's the next word? Prayed. You're going to see this word several times. I prayed to God, the God of heaven. Then I said, and I'm going to kind of cut some things out just to shorten and give us a little more time today. Listen to my prayer, God. Look down and see me praying night and day for your people, Israel. Please remember what you told your servant Moses. Oh Lord, please hear my prayer. Please grant me success today by making the king favorable to me. Put it in his heart to be kind to me. Nehemiah didn't just show up with a question. He showed up with his prayers. And I want to tell you that God wants to use you and I. This weekend, in the next several weekends, we're talking about the call of mission. As a church, every year we commit to missions projects all around the world, locally here in the Santa Clarita Valley, in our region, in our nation, and, in, and around the globe. And it's the opportunity for us as a church to together make a commitment to help others, to show up on God's call. Because we just heard the, the verse a few, mo- a few moments ago that they'll never know if someone doesn't show up and preach the message, but no one will show up and preach the message if somebody doesn't send them. And so we make that commitment that we're going to send them, that we're going to show up. And one way we can show up is through our prayers. Nehemiah said, listen, I'm praying, I'm believing. I'm going to tell you that prayer is a powerful thing. The Bible says that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Listen, your prayers matter. And one thing you can do in life, maybe you can't go to Zimbabwe as a missionary. Maybe you can't even go to the food kitchen or the Feed the Children program that we support here in town because your schedule is too busy. But you know what you can do? You can show up with your prayer. I'm going to tell you, there's a powerful story that that I've shared a couple times now, and I'm going to share it again if you've heard it. Just bear with me for those that haven't. My mom is a prayer warrior, and she's involved in Africa. In fact, in a few minutes, you're going to see some pictures of some things that she's been involved in, our other missionaries and, and different things that we support. She has a friend named Bishop Natuka. Bishop Natuka pastors an amazing church in Kenya, And uh, they also oversee hundreds of churches that have started since they've started doing mission work there. One night, several years ago, it was the middle of the night, my mom woke up at like 2 in the morning, 3 in the morning, something like that. And as soon as she woke up, she felt this, this, this burden 
to pray for Bishop Natuka. Now, it wasn't like she could get up and call him on the phone. He's in another country. And uh, it wasn't like she could text him necessarily and get his, you know, there's no way to talk to him to know what was going on. So she just said, I'm going to pray. And so she started praying. In fact, she didn't know how to pray because she didn't know the circumstance. So she started with, Lord, I pray your kingdom come, your will be done. I pray protection. And then she started praying in her spiritual language. The Bible says that when we pray in our spiritual language, that we're praying the will of God. And so she prayed, and for I don't know how long, maybe it was a half an hour, maybe an hour, she just prayed in the Spirit, and she felt this travail, this, this passion to pray. And after about an hour or so, it lifted, and she said, okay, I feel like I'm okay, I can go back to bed. And she fell asleep and went to bed. Six months later, Bishop Natuka's assistant happened to be in the country, and he swung by the church where my parents were pastoring, and they had lunch together, and as they were talking, my mom happened to say, hey, you know what, I'm just curious, um, you know, um, about six months ago, the Lord woke me up in the middle of the night and told me to pray for Bishop Natuka, and I, I don't know, was there anything going on, and he starts asking questions, he says, well, when was it, and what was the date, and what time was it, and come to find out that the exact moment that my mom woke up and began to pray for Bishop Natuka in Kenya was the exact time that he was at a rally, a prayer rally in Kenya. They were praying at the time because there were some major issues politically going on. There were some things taking place and all the churches had come together to pray. And as they were gathering to pray, Bishop Natuka, his family, were in a certain location in that arena praying. And at the moment my mom woke up and began to intercede and pray for him in the spirit, something inside of Bishop Natuka says, we need to move and pray somewhere else. And so he grabbed his family and they moved to another side of the arena and 30 seconds after they moved, a bomb exploded and killed people in that area. I'm going to tell you, you can show up with your prayers. God can use you through prayer to to make a difference in the kingdom, to save a life, to turn a situation around. And today, even as you look at this this card that we have, maybe today you're not able to go on a short-term missions trip, which we'll have opportunities for you to do this year. You may not even be able to give to help missions, but guess what you can do? You can take that card, you can put it on the refrigerator, and every time you go to the refrigerator, for some of us that's quite often, come on, somebody say amen, love to eat. And every time you go there and you see that card, you can start praying over the ministries and over the missions and over the satellite campuses and over the things that God has called us to do as a church because you can show up with your questions and you can show up with your prayers. Come on, somebody shout amen. Amen. In fact, I love this. My wife showed me this this morning. Prayer is not giving orders. Prayer is simply showing up for duty. Show up with your questions and show up with your prayer. Y'all with me? Say amen. amen. I want to give you the next part of this story where we find some ways that you and I can show up. One of the ways we can show up is to show up with your story. Show up with your story. Let's keep reading on in Nehemiah. Early the following spring, now, now watch, Nehemiah has heard about what's going on. He's begun to pray for quite a while. It's probably about a three-month window. He'd been praying for three months, preparing, knowing that there might come a day that he was going to get to tell his story to the king, believing that God could use the king to maybe make a difference in Jerusalem. Early the, next, the following spring, I was serving the king his wine. I had never before appeared sad in his presence. Let me stop right there. That shows you a lot about the character and quality of his service, his loyalty, and his work and faithfulness to the king. He was a good employee. He worked hard. He didn't have an angle. 
He was faithful. He said, I'd never been sad before in his presence. So the king asked me, why are you looking so sad? You don't look sick to me. You must be deeply troubled. Then I was terrified. But I replied, long live the king. I know it was a good one. This is the first thing out of his mouth. Smart guy. Long live the king. How can I not be sad? Now he goes into the story of his people and God's people. For the city where my ancestors are buried is in ruins and the gates have been destroyed by fire. The king asked, well, how can I help you? With a prayer to the God of heaven. I love that, that inside he prayed before he started his request. I replied, if it pleases the king, and if you are pleased with me, your servant, send me to Judah to rebuild the city where my ancestors are buried. I love this. If it pleases the king, and if you're pleased with me, take care of God's kingdom. I want to tell you, one of the ways that you and I can show up is to show up with our story. Now, here's what's interesting. Nehemiah showed up in a big way, and here's the practical side of it. Here's what Nehemiah did. Nehemiah just showed up to work. Do you realize that the kingdom of God was changed because someone who was faithful at their job, who worked hard. Remember, we did a sermon on that not long ago about not being lazy. The Bible talks about being a good worker. He just showed up to work. Sometimes we're like, well, I got to show up to Kenya or I got to show up to Mexico. No, you need to show up to Walmart. You need to show up at Chick-fil-A. You need to show up at Advanced Bionics. You need to show up at the hospital. You need to show up at the school. You need to show up on your soccer field. You just need to show up where you are because God can use you right where you are because he realized that God can use us if we'll just show up. Now, I know your first response is, well, Pastor Jared, you know, I, I know you're kind of telling me I need to ask questions and talk to people, and that's not even my personality. I'm kind of an introvert. I'm not an outrovert like you. Well, listen, I may seem like a, you know, someone who's really gregarious, but I'm, I'm pretty introverted as well. When I'm on my own, I'm low-key, I'm, you know, and, and I have my moments. I'm a little bipolar, come on now. I have my excited moments when I'm watching the Detroit Lions, but I'm kind of an introvert too. It's not an excuse because God says that we need to show up. And here's the thing. I know what your, aunt, your, your first question is, well, how can I talk about God? I, I don't even know theology. I don't understand theology. I don't understand eschatology. I don't know all that stuff. I mean, I've only read a little bit of the Bible. I've heard a few of your sermons. How can I show up and tell the story? Can I tell you, he didn't necessarily just tell God's story. He told his story. Can I say every one of you have a story? Some of you are thinking about your story right now, how that you were lost, but now you're found, how you were blind, but now you see, how that you used to not have purpose in life, how you used to live uh, with the burden of guilt and shame, but Jesus came in and he set you free, and now you're free. Now, maybe you're not where you want to be, but praise God, you're not where you used to be. We all have a story, amen? God has given you a story, and he wants you to tell your story. You see, you don't have to preach a sermon you can show up by just telling your story. There's a lot of people that, um, because they, they don't feel like they can preach, um, they think that, well, I know how to do it. I'll use social media. 
So a lot of people are, rather than telling their story, they're using social media as a way to get on their soapbox and point out people's sins and talk about this and talk about that. You know what I've learned is I've never been able to debate anyone into heaven. But you know what I have figured out? Is that if I can be like Nehemiah and have a relationship with someone so much that they respect me as a person, that here's what happens when I start to tell them my story. Suddenly, people that don't care about God things because they care about me start to care about God things. You realize that that's what happened. The king who could care less about the Israelites ended up sending Nehemiah and all the money he needed to build the walls of the city allowing one of his best employees to not be there to serve him, the guy he trusted to taste the food before him, having to find someone to replace him, he allowed all that to happen, not because he cared about God's plan, but because he cared about someone and their story. Do you realize that if you'll just show up and tell your story, be who you are. Be the good person that God's called you to be. Be a solid Christian that, that loves people, that cares for people. And you'll discover that people will start caring about the things of God and the kingdom of God. You know why? Because they care about you. Show up and tell your story. But let me, here's what's cool, is you don't just have to tell your story with words. You can tell your story with actions because that's what Nehemiah had been doing for a long time. I'll never forget, I read a, read a, a book, and in this book, there was a man by the name of Tony Campolo. Tony Campolo was a speaker, and he tells of a story having to speak in Hawaii. He couldn't sleep, so he got up early. The time change was the issue, and he went to the, the diner, the local diner there, and it was 3 a.m. in the morning. As he was there eating some food in the diner, a group of prostitutes came in around 3.30 in the morning. They, the, the owner of the diner said they came in every morning at that time. He overheard one of the girls telling another girl that it was her birthday the next day. The other girl put her down and said, what do you want us to throw you a party? At that moment, Campolo says he got this idea. I think the Holy Spirit awakened something inside of him and he's, he got an idea. When the girls left, he talked to the, the owner of the diner and he says, hey, could we throw a party for that prostitute tomorrow? She's never had a birthday party. And the owner said, that's a great idea. And so the next day he came back because he found out they came every night. And the next day they decorated the place, they baked a cake, and they waited for her to come in in the middle of the night. When she walked in, she couldn't believe it as they yelled surprise. They brought out the cake and began to sing. And as they began to sing happy birthday, she began to weep. And she said, I've never had a party in my whole life. Tony said, well, blow out the candles, cut the cake. And she responded, no, I don't want to blow out the candles. If it's all right, can I just keep this cake a little longer? The owner said, sure, take it home. Really? Can I? She carried the cake home. And when she left, Campolo stood up in this group of prostitutes and owner of the diner and people that were there, and he said, would it be okay if we prayed? And he began to pray for the woman who'd had the birthday, for all the ladies who were working the street. The owner of the diner leaned over when he was done and said, hey, I didn't know you were a preacher. 
What kind of church do you, you belong to? Tony said, oh, it's a church that throws parties for prostitutes at 3.30 a.m. in the morning. He says, no, you don't. The owner said, because if there was a church like that, I'd join it. You see, part of what I'm trying to tell you today is that sometimes we think we have to have some theological degree. We have to know everything in the Bible. No, we just need to love people and tell your story. Sometimes you can show up by, by being kind to someone. Sometimes you can show up by just telling them that you used to be addicted, but now you've been set free. You can show up by being there and praying a prayer because you show up with your questions, you show up with your prayers, and you show up with your story. Y'all with me? Say amen. amen. I want to give you the last thought, and that's this, this. Write this down. You also show up with your giving. You show up with your giving. I want you to see what happened in this story. The king said, why are you down? Why are you so troubled? And Nehemiah said, I said a quick prayer, and then I began to ask him, my, my, you know, everything is, is messed up in my homeland and the city's burned and the gates are destroyed. So I said to the king, please give me a letter addressed to Asaph, the manager of the king's forest, instructing him to give me timber and I, because I will need it to make the beams for the gates of the temple fortress, for the city walls and for a house for myself. You realize that God used a king who didn't even believe in Yahweh to fund the rebuilding of his kingdom. All because someone told a story. You know, this morning, I have to be honest with you, I feel like Nehemiah. Because I knew that I was going to come to our church family this morning and I was going to share with you all of the things that we're doing in missions and, and I was going to present to you this, this uh, brochure where you have an opportunity above your tithes to say, hey, I want to commit monthly to missions. I want to help meet the needs of missions. You know, our church last year, with everything, both giving that came in from our people, the money that we budgeted from our general fund, all the outgo of Higher Vision Church was somewhere around $300,000. And we, we did a lot of amazing things. We helped ministries do amazing things around the world. But it was because God's people showed up they didn't go, but they sent. Because how will the message be taught if someone doesn't show up and someone doesn't send them? And I'm going to tell you, honestly, my, my daughter said something to me. In fact, last night I got home and, and my wife said, how'd it go last night? And I'm like, it was good. I felt the Lord was there and said, you know, it's always sometimes a challenge because I have to, I'm asking and challenging people to give. And Macy laughed. She said, I wonder what people would think, Dad, if they heard you say that. And as soon as she said it, I'm like, I'm going to tell everybody. <laughs> because I'm telling you, I, I'm Nehemiah this morning. And I've been praying all week long that God will give me favor with you. Not because I need your money, because God wants to use you to rebuild his kingdom.